Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. today because we want the opportunity for our children to participate in honoring our moms today. So I want everybody in this sanctuary today, and by the way, all of you look so handsome and beautiful today. Every one of you, except for Will. Everybody else looks good. I'm just kidding, Will. You look handsome too. I love picking on Will because he picks on me, and that's just what we do. But I want you to kind of pinch yourself, not too hard. I don't want to cause bruising in the house of God today. But I want you to pinch yourself, and if you feel that, that means that you are alive. And you are alive because someone gave birth to you. Now, maybe, maybe that person has passed on. And for that, I say I'm sorry. Because that's difficult. That's difficult. We know mothers and grandmothers that have passed on. And when we talk about Mother's Day, maybe that brings up a difficult memory for you. Or, or maybe, maybe your mom wasn't the kind of mom that she should have been. Maybe mom left or treated you in a way she shouldn't treated you, right? And for that, I also am sorry. But we're still going to honor the institution today of motherhood because God gave us moms. Amen? Now, whether your mom acted in the right way or not, I know mine did, and I have to say that because she's sitting here. Otherwise, I'll get beat later, and I don't, you know, she looks old and frail, but she can still catch me and whip me, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be nice to her today. Uh, I want to welcome my mother-in-law here. We want to welcome you. She's all the way from South Georgia. Yeah? And uh, I've already been warned that I am not to include her in my sermon. So uh, here we go. So uh, I may need to stay with somebody for the rest of this summer over this. But uh, I'm glad that you're here today. If you're a visitor today, uh, this is kind of an unusual service for us. But I do think it's a godly service because God gave us our moms, right? He gave us our moms. The first mom was Eve, and she was blessed. She was blessed because she was able to give birth. Even, even in the, the uh, fall of man and her sin, God gave her birth so that we could have a Savior one day. Amen? The new Adam. Amen? And I, I want to I start off with a verse in Psalms 31.10. Of course, you know, Psalms 31 is the the, the chapter that talks about a virtuous woman, and this scripture talks about a wife, but this can also pertain to motherhood. We're going we're gonna to talk about motherhood in this way. It says 3110. It's not going to be up there. Uh, it says, who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. I know that God has given me a wonderful wife. I could not ask her any better. And you know, I, I thought I loved her when we got married, but when she gave us children, my love for her just exploded because now we're tied together for the rest of our lives, and I love that. And our, 
our two. My son is home from college, and that's just been wonderful. Yeah. Amen. And I forgot, I forgot how much my son eats. And so uh, anybody that wants to bless Pastor with a special love offering to help cover our food expense over the summer, Amen. I got to go get a loan just to cover the amount of creamer in our coffee right now. So the boy likes coffee. And, well, I should say creamer, and then it's a little bit of coffee in it too. So today's message is going to be kind of light and fun because I want you to understand that we appreciate our moms. Amen. So I'm going to give you 10 things that my wife and every mother in here knows how to do simply because they're a mother. You ready? Mom, see if you agree with this. All right, you ready? Number one, they know how to cook, eat, fold laundry, and check Facebook with one arm while rocking a baby to sleep in the other. See, that? dads can't do that. We check Facebook and we leave the baby somewhere. We don't know where we left them. Where's the baby? I don't know. I thought they were right there. I don't know. I was playing Call of Duty or something. I don't know. Number two, and this applies to the husbands as well, not just the children. Com communicate my level of irritation on a scale from mild to you are going to get it simply by raising an eyebrow. Right now, my wife was raising an eyebrow, and I understand Number three, ask my husband if we have any cookies without saying the word cookies out loud. Number four, drive anywhere in town without passing a McDonald's. That's, that's gifted here in Juneau. Change a diaper in the dark. I can't even do that. This is why moms are special. You do things that dads can't do, Amen. Eat a meal made up entirely of food left on my kid's plate. New moms, does any of this sound familiar? I get, I'm getting some shouts from the new moms. Number seven, rationalize spending $300 at Fred Meyer's when all I needed was baby whites and fruit snacks. There's a prophet in the house today. <laughs> I just felt something. I don't know if it's the Holy Ghost, but I felt something. Number eight, cleans faces with her own saliva. When my wife does this, I run. She still does it too. Number nine, embarrass my kids with kisses in front of the school while still getting in and out of the drop-off line like a ninja. Amen. Now, this one's definitely true of my wife. Make almost anything happen by the time I count to three. My wife has never gotten to three, and I'd be scared if it actually got to three. I don't know what that's like. So, Grandmas and great-grandmas, I have a list for you, okay? That was for moms. 
Who in here is a grandma? Grandma, come on, grandmas, raise your hand. All right, I got a list for you. This is for you, grandmas. You only have three rules. See, things become simpler, you become a grandma, okay? I don't really know how much simpler. I'm not there yet. I, I will never be a grandma, I can tell you that. But I will be a grandfather, and things become simpler. Here's three things that you have to do, grandmas. You ready? Number one, spoil grandkids. Yeah. Anybody who's seen Mary with her new grandbaby understands that very much. You just, yeah. She knocks Ezra out of the way and says, give me the baby. Number two, this is very important, grandmas. Listen to me. This is the second thing you need to do. Are you ready? Number one was spoil the grandkids. Number two, spoil the grandkids. Number three, last one. See number one and number two. Amen? See, I, I don't know about you, but my mom and, and I think my mother-in-law let our kids and their other grandkids get away with everything, things that we would have never gotten away with. And my wife and I confronted them one day, and he says, what, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? And they just said, well, grandparents, we don't care anymore. We don't have to discipline them, and don't you dare discipline them in front of us. I remember one time our son got in trouble and he required discipline, and I thought I was going to get disciplined at that moment too. But uh, luckily I was able to escape at that moment. Moms, we, we wanted to keep the children upstairs because we have a special gift for you afterwards, and I'm probably going to ask the kids to come up and help me do this. I know that's different from what I tell the ushers, but uh, the ushers can still help me. But we just want to honor... The, uh, the kids helped put together this last week at uh, uh, Children's Church, and Mary just does a, an amazing job with Children's Church, and we honor and appreciate her. But I wanted her to have her special day today. Excuse me, I needed to get something to wet my throat. All this happiness is causing me to go dry. I want to talk a little bit this morning about Hannah. Hannah was in the Old Testament. She was a mom. Actually, she wasn't a mom yet, but she was a wife. And I want to, I want to talk a little bit about Hannah because to me, Hannah exemplifies and represents what it means to be a mom. Now, as I said earlier, there, there may be some here today, and I want to be sensitive to this. There may be some here today that maybe, maybe mom wasn't what you needed her to be. Maybe, maybe she left, or maybe she did some things that she shouldn't have done. But I will tell you, that's not how God set it up. God set it up that moms would represent the best of who God is. Loving, compassionate caring. Whenever you're in trouble, going to your mom. Because mom knows how to heal the wounds that dad doesn't know how to heal. What, what did dad say when our kids are hurt? Go rub some dirt in it. Right? But dad, my arm's missing. Rub some dirt in it. You'll be fine. You know, moms are a little bit more compassionate than that. They, they always say a, a mom will 
You know, a good mom will let you lick the chocolate off of the blender. You know, when they blend it and you, there's chocolate on there when she's making a cake, a good mom will let you lick the chocolate off the, the little blending things. And a great mom, will, great mom will actually stop the blender so you can lick the chocolate off of it. So I like to say I had a good mom. Have a good mom. Amen. <laughs> I won't tell that story today. But Hannah was in the Bible, and, and Hannah, Hannah struggled because Hannah wasn't able to have children. And it's hard for us to relate to that because today there's an increasing movement not to have kids. And whether or not you have kids or not, that's entirely up to here. We're, we're not here to put pressure on anybody. I'm just talking about the times. And so in that day, having children was important because it helped build the race. And there was an expectation upon women to have children. There's a lot of societal pressure. But we're not here to compare the times. We're not here to judge that time. I'm just helping you to understand what it was like back then. And so they were there at that time, and, and she was feeling pressure. Now, this man had two wives, so we know this man was in trouble. He had two wives, and again, we're not here to judge that time, but his other wife, she had lots of kids, and so she would, she would make fun of Hannah. She would put pressure on Hannah. She would have children. And so Hannah became very embittered. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 1. She became very embittered, and she would plead to the Lord. She would say, Lord, let me have children. And it made her sad. You ever had something that you wanted from God and you, you just become so upset about it that you, it, it made you sad and sick at the same time? So she was embarrassed and she was really struggling with this because she wanted a child so bad. She wanted something that represented the love that she had between her and her husband. She wanted to be able to feel like she had some value. Now, Moms, I want to tell you this morning, and, and I'm just going to say this about all of our ladies here this morning, whether you're a mom or not, this is true. All of you have value this morning. All of you have value. It doesn't matter if you're a teenager, you're a child, or you're in your 90s or hundreds, you have value this morning. Amen. I want you to understand that. And so... She goes to the temple. This is the time they went to the temple every year, and she, she was ready to, she was so embittered in her soul, and she wanted a child so bad. And in 1 Samuel, Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, she, she praised this prayer. She made a vow. A vow is a promise. And a vow in the Bible carries special meaning because you can't just simply break it. You ever made a promise that you couldn't keep? You ever made a promise that, that you somehow just didn't worry about it later? Like, you know, when I was growing up, I made the famous statement, Mom, I promise I will clean my room once I finish watching this television show. I never cleaned my room. See, back in my day, we didn't have DVR. We didn't even have the ability to record uh, by the videotape. We had to watch it because it would never come back on again until summertime. Anybody remember those times? Yeah. When I was growing up, we only had three TV stations. When I was growing up, I was the antenna to the television. I had to sit there over the television and do this and hold it. I'm surprised I didn't get radiation or something. I may have. That may be why I'm so weird. I don't know. But she made a vow to the Lord. She said, 
Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. Now this is important. Then I will give him back to the Lord. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Now I want to explain what that means. See, I, I hear a lot that we give our children option on whether or not they want to go to church. And I, I want to address that, okay? Listen, we don't give a children or not, uh, an option of whether or not they want to eat, do they? We make, we make them eat vegetables, right? If we give them food for the body, then they need to get food for the soul, amen? We need to show our children that church is important. We need to demonstrate to our children, listen, if I can make you go to bed, if I can make you eat your vegetables, then I can make you go to church, amen? Well, that's going to cause my child to become embittered. Maybe, but maybe they'll get saved and live a godly life too, amen? Why not give them that chance, all right? Now listen, you're welcome to disagree with me about that, and that's fine. That's, you know, this is just my opinion, and by the way, it's backed up by Scripture. But she wanted to say, I'm going to make my child separate. I'm going to make him consecrated. I'm going to make him holy. You realize that when we bring our children, that's what we're doing? See, the school system and television and YouTube and Facebook and social media and TikTok and all those things, they have your child's attention 23 and a half hours per day. Amen? Children are up at night in their bed watching these God-awful videos, and they're learning from these things. Church only has them for maybe an hour, but in that hour, we try to give them a word of God one hour out of the week. We need that hour to pour into them. Amen? We want them to hear the word of God. We want them to know about God. We want them to know that David slayed the Goliath. Amen? We want them to know that David slayed his ten thousands and turned back the enemy. We want him to know that Moses wrote the Ten Commandments are not just some fairy tale. We want them to know these things, and that's why it is important that we consecrate our children. Amen? Amen. It's important that we teach our children. If we send them to school, we can send them to church. Amen? Church is where they need to be. Church is where they need to be. Okay, enough of that rant. I'm going to keep going. So she, she, had, she said about her child, she goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consecrate him. I'm going to dedicate him. He is my first. He is my first fruit. And God, if you'll give this to me, I'm going to give him back to you. Now, see, I can actually talk about giving financially there as well. See, when God gives you something, you give back because it becomes holy. And so she said, I want him to be holy. Now, see, this is really important because in the book of, uh, I believe it's Deuteronomy, it talks about the Nazarite vow. And the Nazarite vow was for, for people who were not necessarily from the Levites. The Levites were, were a consecrated uh, priesthood. They were a consecrated tribe. They were set apart. But a Nazarite vow allowed that if you weren't part of the Levite tribe, that you can say, I am going to be consecrated and holy like the Levites because I want to make myself servant to God. I want to make myself a servant to God. So what Hannah did, she didn't even give them a choice. Man, parents, what would it be like if we didn't give our children a choice sometimes? You will do this. Isn't that what parenting is about? 
Isn't that what parenting is about? We say, you will do this, amen? You're not going to write on my walls? If you do that again, I'm going to go tell mom? I asked my kids one time, who are you more afraid of, me or mom? And their, their response was, mom. And I'm like, I can physically hurt you, right? Not that I would. I was just demonstrating. I can physically hurt you. And my son says, yeah, but my mom's got the eyes. She plays with your brain. I said, I can do that. No, you can't, Dad. And my son is into superheroes. He goes, he's like that, that superhero that can mess with your mind and you don't know what's going on. I said, no, I get that. I, already, I understand. Amen. But we tell our children what to do and what not to do. Amen. Now, listen, maybe parents, you haven't done that in the past, and it's okay. We, we can start now. I mean, it's going to be a little difficult. But Hannah says, I want him to be holy and set apart. That's why we bring our children and our babies to the front, and we dedicate them to the Lord. Amen. But dedicating to the Lord is not enough. We got to bring them to church. We got to bring them to Sunday school. We got to bring them to children's church. We got to bring them to Sunday night prayer meeting. But pastor, my kids are bored during prayer meeting. You have no idea what they're picking up while, you're, while we're praying. I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen kids who look like they're bored, and they come out, and they start raising their hand and worshiping God. And even if they don't, that's getting in their spirit. Amen? Listen, I, you know, this really isn't a part of my sermon, but I feel really strongly about this. People worry about their kids acting up and doing the wrong thing and running around. I'm going to tell you something. This is church. I don't care about that stuff, okay? Listen, kids are going to be kids, amen? Kids are going to act a certain way, and as long as they're not coming up to the pulpit and grabbing my mic, champ, where are you at? I'm surprised champ has, oh, he must be in nursery, okay. That's why Helen's happy right now. <laughs> Champ's in nursery. But if Champ was here, he'd come up and try to grab my mic and start preaching, okay? Now, we can't have that because I'm the only preacher on stage right now, and I get jealous and stuff. But listen, kids are going to be kids. They're going to act up. They're going to they're gonna be silly. They're going to want to hug. They're going to want to run around a little bit. And we know how as parents we can teach them how to do that, right? But nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to get mad at you. We're not here to do that. I want kids in church, amen? I want them listening to the Word of God, amen? We want them to be consecrated. We want them to be separate. And there's five things that they had to do. It was a specific time frame. It has specific requirements and, and restrictions. It was voluntary. And at its conclusion, a sacrifice had to be offered. So we're talking about a lifestyle toward God. Now, this is also mentioned in the New Testament, Romans 12, chapter 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God. Some people ask me, why do you preach about sin so much? Because of this verse. The Bible says to be holy and acceptable to God. I'm going to repeat that to you because this isn't me saying this. This is God. He says, I want you to be holy and acceptable to me. I want you to be a living sacrifice. That's, a, that's what we call an oxymoron. It means that it's the opposite. We're supposed to be a living 
sacrifice that, that we have died, but yet we're walking around. We have died in our flesh, but yet we are living. Amen. We're walking around every day saying, listen, I know that I have things in my life that I'm working on, but had it not been Hannah demonstrating to us, I'm giving up this very thing that I love the most to God. Can you imagine giving up your child to go live in the temple? Now, please don't give me your children to come live here. I don't mean that. Please don't do that. Some of you are at 3 o'clock in the morning feeding your baby, wanting to call me to bring me your child. Don't do that. I will not answer the phone. Okay? I won't. I love you, but you need to keep that baby. Especially at 3 in the morning, okay? But what if we dedicated our children to the Lord like Hannah did? See, some of you moms have done that, and maybe your child... Maybe your child has gone a different path. Maybe your child got in trouble sometime. But I will tell you, if you raise them up in the Lord, they will come back. They will come back. That's the Bible right there. That's Bible. So, Mom, I want to tell you this morning, maybe you're a little discouraged because, because maybe, maybe your child isn't sitting beside you this morning like you want them to be. Now, that's going to hurt a little bit, I know, and I don't mean to hurt you. But I, want, I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to give up because the Lord promised us that he would save our children, wouldn't he? The Lord promised us that he would take care of our children, didn't he? And if we dedicated them to the Lord, maybe we didn't do the right thing all the time. Anybody, were you perfect as parents? I mean, I was. I don't know what your problem was. Anything my children say is wrong. And they're lying. Man, I was, I was, sometimes I was the worst parent ever. I did, I mean, I did, I don't, I hate to use this word. I did stupid stuff. I would, I was, I would look at them and say, don't do as I do, do as I say. Right? You know, because I was acting one way and then telling them not to do the other. Right? But, you know, the Lord got a hold of my heart and I looked at my kids and I said, don't follow me, follow Jesus. Amen? I'm going to mess up, but that's why I want you in church because I want you to see what church is about. Amen? Some people say, some people say, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to go to church because of all the hypocrites. I, I saw this on social media, and I got I to gotta repeat it, okay? I don't really like social media, but this was good. You know, you go to McDonald's, and they mess up your order thousands of times, but you still go back to McDonald's, don't you? Amen? We still go back to McDonald's, don't we? You gave me the wrong food. I'm never coming back. That's a lie. You're going back to McDonald's, right? Even if they put a Taco Bell here, you're going back to McDonald's, aren't you? Man, what if we treated the church with the same kind of grace and realized that there's not some mediocre meat here. There is the kingdom of God here, amen? What if we recognize that it's not the church that is fall, but there's people here, and there's people, as long as there's people somewhere, somebody's going to offend you, okay? I'm going to tell you right now. Somebody's going to offend you, but that's where these two little words that I love to use come into play. It's called grace and mercy, amen? Grace and mercy, amen? If you keep your eyes on people, you will fail every time. I don't know about you, but I keep my eyes on God. Because sometimes people like to come up and give me advice. Woo, glory. Pastor, I think you should do it this way. Woo, glory. 
I just look to God and say, God bless them. Now, I don't mean to imply I don't listen to people. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes people give me some barely bad advice, right? Because we don't, and people try to hurt you, don't they? I don't know what it is, but sometimes people think that a pastor is impervious to feelings, that we don't feel anything, and that's not true. We hurt like everybody else. But if we come into church and we have an attitude that I'm not going to worry about what other people say, I'm not going to worry about anything else, I'm going to fix my eyes upon God. Amen? And see, the thing that I care about, and this is why I want your kids to come to church, brothers and sisters, and maybe they're not here right now, but I'm going to tell you something. You keep praying. You come to Sunday night. Now, I say that we're not having Sunday night tonight. <laughs> Because I want you to spend time with your families. Amen? But if you come to Sunday night prayer meeting, I want to make sure everybody heard that. We're not having church tonight, okay? Make sure everybody heard that because this is a holiday. I want you to spend time with your moms, all right? But if you come to Sunday night and you pray and weep over your children and you get in the altar and you see God, you, do you not understand how much God hears those prayers? Do you understand that moms, you have a special connection to God, grandmas especially, I'm going to tell you, if grandma starts praying for you, watch out. You might as well go ahead and get saved. I remember one time I was in church with my grandmother, and she took me by the ear. She took me by the ear, and she dragged me to the altar. She was 80. I was 25. Don't get mad at me. I wanted to punch her. But I knew she would hurt me worse, Right? I knew, because that was my grandma. She didn't put up with it, right? She raised three boys, and she was tougher than everybody. And so she took me by the ear, and she grabbed me up to the altar. And she says, you get it right with God, or you're dealing with me. I got saved that day again. It doesn't matter if I was saved before. Because when a grandma prays, amen, when a grandma prays with her grandchildren, amen. See, moms. You have no idea what God's about to do in your child's life. See, Hannah gave birth to a son. His name was Samuel. And I want to explain the significance of Samuel. A lot, a lot of people know this or understand it. You've read the Bible, but maybe you haven't made the connection. But up until Samuel, Israel was ruled by judges. And the judges... Their job was to go from place to place and decide how things were to be. They were to decide who was right and who was wrong. That was their job. And I'm oversimplifying that for a purpose because I don't really want to get, in, I don't want to get into that too much. But when Samuel was born, he was what we call a transitionary person in the Old Testament because he became the first prophet because he would prophesy about God. He would say things about God. He would do these things about God. And he established himself as the, the preeminent prophet in Israel. So they were no longer under several judges at that time. But there was one man, one prophet that they could go to and hear from God. Moms, you never know if you're not raising up the next Billy Graham. You never know if you're not raising up the next great husband. Listen, you don't have to have a Billy Graham. Why not we just have a husband who treats his wife right? Amen? 
Why don't, why don't we have some why don't we have some men who don't beat their wives? Well, I, no, I said it. I know. Why don't we have some men who don't beat their wives and love on their wives and treat them with respect as women? Amen? Come on. Now, maybe you think I'm saying this because my mother-in-law is here and part of that is right. Because I'm scared of her too. I'm more scared of my wife. When we were first married, she goes, if you ever mess up, I will shave your eyebrows. I didn't know if she was joking or not, but I don't want to risk it. I'm just going to be honest with you. What if we raised some men who took it upon their responsibility to bring their family to church? Do you know that when men carry their children to church, there's an 85% chance that the children are going to continue in church? See, when you pray over your child, when you consecrate their child, even when they're not living for God right now, you never know what God's going to do with that child. You never know who God's going to raise up. You never know what God's going to do. I look at my children right now, and, and, and I'm a blessed man because of what my wife has done. It's all her. She's raised two beautiful kids. I mean, I've done some, some things like when they got in trouble, I sent them to their mom. That's all I did, you know. And then they come back crying to me, and then I would go to my, their mom and straighten them out and, you know, try to straighten it out, and then I would end up in trouble too. <laughs> That's not really true. It is true. Moms, you have no idea the importance of your role and what you've done and what you mean to the kingdom. Hannah's dedication and willingness to give up what she had. And a tough thing for a mom is when that child walks out the door to go to life, isn't it? Our son left last year. We were down in Georgia, and I never forget this. It was around Christmas time, and we are leaving him there so he could go to school. Actually, it's two years ago. And we were driving away, and I looked over and my wife was just crying tears and upset and I looked at my daughter and even she was crying which kind of shocked me. And then I looked at me and I was crying and we were just blubbering going to Atlanta. It was just terrible the whole way there. People stopped us and asked if we were okay and I said no we're fine we just lost our son and I probably should have phrased that differently. And every now and then he would call us and I need, he says, I need something. And then we would jump up. What do you need? What do you need? You need money? You know, call your mom. You have no idea, moms, what you're, the value you have to the kingdom. And the thing about moms is you carry the load for the whole family. You, you really do. While us dads want to sit down and watch the Seahawks play, amen, or a better team, the Panthers play. <laughs> or worse, the Steelers, I don't know. <laughs> Moms are leaning into their children and making sure they know how to read. Making sure they go to school. Making sure they know the Word of God. Making sure that they know that their kids love them. Honoring their, 
honoring their husbands. Moms, we honor you today. And I want to give you some characteristics of a mom, if you don't mind. I know I read off some jokes earlier, but I want to give you some characteristics. First of all, moms, a great mom, prays for her family and her children. And when I say mom, I mean grandparents too. You pray for your family and your children. I've given examples of Moses' mother, Samson's mom, Elizabeth, mother of John the Baptist, and Mary. They prayed over their family. They prayed over their children. I know I mentioned this earlier, but moms, don't quit praying for your kids. When you pray for your children, that touches this very special heart of God. It touches the heart of God. And I will say to you, for those of you who have lost your mom, or maybe your mom is not around, understand that there are other women in this church who are praying for you. Can I, can I tell you that right now? Maybe, maybe your mom wasn't, I know I mentioned this earlier, maybe your mom isn't what you needed her to be. Maybe she didn't treat you right. Then I assure you, you have moms and grandmas here who have picked you up as their own and adopted you and are praying for you, okay? Listen. I know in the culture there's no such word as cousin, but I'm going to tell you there's a lot of cousins here in this church, okay? And we believe in taking care of each other. We believe in loving each other. We believe in adopting each other, okay? We're adopted into the family of God, amen? That means we love one another and we'll love you, okay? You don't have to be blood. We love you. Second thing that a mom does, characteristic, is she provides for her family. I have seen my grandmother make a meal out of one can of beans. And somehow she made a full meal out of that can of beans for an entire family. I've seen my wife take a meal and make something out of nothing. And I said, we don't have anything to eat. She goes, oh, I think we do. Let me check. And all of a sudden there's a full meal in front of us. I've seen, I've seen countless moms and grandmas do that. She provides for her family. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 15, he says, She also rises while it is yet night. That's because moms don't actually sleep. I've seen this. And she provides food for her household and a portion for her maid service. In other words, the mom takes care of her family, and she takes care of other people too. See, that's what I love about the, the ladies in our church, because they just don't take care of their family. I've seen them minister in love to the people around them. Listen, if you need a hug, there's women here who will give you a hug, okay? If you just need someone to call mom, there's plenty of women here to call mom. They would absolutely love that. Do not call me, mom. I will slap you. Don't call me dad either. That's just kind of weird, okay? I wouldn't slap you. I don't know. You call me mom. We might do that. But moms, I tell you what, they rise up early. I've seen my wife rise up early and take care. She would fix the kids' lunches, and she would go through all this trouble, and then she'd forget her lunch. i gotta, I got to tell this story about my wife, and she's going to get mad at me, but I'm up here, so I'm not worried about it. My wife's a teacher, and... There was a kid at school on a field trip that didn't pack their lunch, so they had nothing to eat. So my wife gave this child her lunch. That's my wife. 
And and I thought, well, what did you eat? She goes, I, oh, I had a, you know, a couple things. I was fine, but I know she wasn't fine. Because when I picked her up, she goes, let's go to McDonald's now. <laughs> and normally I'll get her like some fries, but it was like, I want two cheeseburger, a Big Mac, and fries. And I looked at her and says, I'm not hungry. I didn't talk about you. I'm talking about what I'm ordering. <laughs> Man, I'm going to give you a little advice here. Never question what a woman is ordering from McDonald's. I'm just going to let you know that right now, okay? Amen. Praise God. But that's just the kind of woman my wife is, and I honor her about that because she's such a caring. And I've never met a mom, and I know there's some moms out there who didn't do the right thing, but in the institution of who a mom is, a mom will give up and do with less so that their child or some child, not even their own child, can have something. I've seen my, my wife and my mom and my mother-in-law clothed kids that were not even their own. I've seen you do that. I, I remember when, when we had the kids events here at the church, uh, you know who showed up? The moms, amen? The grandmas, you came in and you made sure every kid had a piece of candy. And you made sure pastor did not get candy. We have to talk about your priorities, people. I need candy in my life. But you wouldn't give me any. I'm a little bitter about that, but we're going to move forward. Amen. But the moms and the grandmas, man, you guys were there, and you made sure the kids had a good time. And I looked at you after as you were all dragging. And I said, are you okay? And, and the grandmas looked at me and says, yes, I remember why my kids are older. Because we had a bunch of five- and six-year-olds, and, man, that was just pure chaos in this church. You know what else that a mom does? She intercedes for her children. Oh, praise God. So there's a difference between praying for your children and interceding for your children. I've told this story before, but I've got to share it again because it's my favorite story. And I love to repeat stories because I'm at that age. <laughs> so one day I was, uh, I was, I don't know, maybe 12 years old, and my mouth got me in trouble a lot. I tended to run it and, you know, say things to people. And, and I said some things to the wrong group of people. And there was a bunch of high schoolers. I was in middle school. There's a bunch of high schoolers that I said something to that maybe I should have kept my mouth shut. And they wanted to enforce their will upon me by beating me down. <laughs> they started threatening me. They, they started, I'm going to beat you up and I'll beat you up. And, of course, me being 12 years old, I said, let's go. Come on. Let's go. I was so, never mind. So I was, I was, and then I got scared, and I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do, what am I going to do? And they started getting up in my face, and they were going to come beat me up, and then all of a sudden, one of them got scared. That's right, that's right, you be scared. <laughs> and they, they were looking at me, they were looking past me. And I was like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, they started running. I looked behind me, there's this, there's this woman coming up, and shaking her little finger like this, and I realized it was my mom. <laughs> I was like, Mom, I got this. She said, shut up and get behind me. <laughs> and she, she, proceeded, she proceeded to tell those young boys, I'm not going to lie to you in some colorful language, right? She proceeded to tell, because she was a mom. She wasn't going to put up with anything. And she proceeded to tell these young boys who were actually bigger than her, she said, get thee behind me, Satan. I will take you out. And the boy's like, oh, he's not saying. She goes, I don't care. Get behind me. Man, I tell you what, isn't that like God? Amen. When we intercede for our children, the Lord comes up and he, and he removes the devil from their lives. Amen. 
Because I want to tell you, a mom will die for her kids. The recent shooting in Texas, some of the kids who survived when the young man was coming through and shooting the children survived because their mothers covered them up and absorbed the bullets so their children would not be hit, and they died for their kids. That's what a mom is. She intercedes for her children. Moms, don't quit praying. Don't quit praying, amen? Don't give up. Don't give up. Praise God. I'm going to ask that my ushers, the ones that I've asked to go ahead and get that little project ready for me, and I'm going to have the kids come up and help me. Here's the last thing I'm going to say, and I've kind of alluded to this. Mom is sacrificial. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. All right, I want you guys to chill for a second, okay? Baby, I honor you. I love you. You're a great mom. I love you. See, I got to take care of my business first, okay? Moms out there, I want you to know, we all, go ahead and bring it in, brother. We're going to honor you today because we want you to know how much we care about you. So I want all the kids to come up. You're going to help me. Okay, bring your mom up. All the kids, bring your mom up. Come on. Bring your mom up. Line them up right here. Now, moms, if you, if you physically can't come, don't worry. We'll come to you, okay? Don't worry about that. We'll come to you. Come on, moms. Julie Hunter, bring your mom. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.